We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This coming Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, is traditionally called Black Friday, and it's usually a big shopping day, though COVID-19 will dampen some of that probably, but a new campaign is underway to make some people think of this as Black Shop Friday, encouraging people to patronize Black-owned businesses. The Chicago Urban League is a leading partner in this endeavor. This weekend, we're going to talk about Black Shop Friday and the League. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. Black Shop Friday is an outgrowth of a partnership among the city of Chicago, the Chicago Urban League, and the advertising agency O'Keefe, Reinhardt, and Paul. In this half hour, we're going to talk with one of the principals behind this initiative. She's Karen Freeman Wilson, the president and CEO of the Chicago Urban League. If her name is familiar to you, Ms. Freeman Wilson was the mayor of Gary, Indiana from 2011 to 2019. Uh, before that, she was a judge and for one year, Indiana Attorney General. And she's a lawyer with a degree from the Harvard Law School and here her first full year in her current job and she's facing a global pandemic. Um, we are going to talk with Karen Freeman Wilson via Zoom conferencing. So we're doing that social distancing thing. Uh, Ms. Freeman Wilson, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Craig. I appreciate it. Well, let's talk about how Black Shop Friday came to be even. So tell me a little bit about that. Well, you mentioned that um, the O'Keefe firm was engaged. And in fact, it was a guy, Aubrey, from uh, OKRP that said, I want to do something that supports the Black community and he and his colleagues at the firm came up with the concept. Ah, now, uh, the, the very concept, while it is intriguing, I also wonder if there are a lot of people even within the African-American community who may not realize how many African-American-owned businesses are even in their midst. Oh, absolutely. We believe that this campaign will really provide a global education to uh, folks in the Black community, to people in the larger community. And it will not only provide an awareness, but give them a ready source that will allow them to patronize Black businesses. Um, this is a, uh, a venture to focus on Black entrepreneurs. Um, the reason why there aren't 
so many of them as we might want uh, is because there are some special challenges that black business owners face. What are those kinds of things that really make us want to reach out to them and make sure that they aren't forgotten, especially in this time? Many of the challenges faced by Black businesses include access to capital or the lack of access to capital. It is often um, a challenge for them to broad, have a broad customer base. And so they don't have the marketing dollars to market to a larger group of individuals. Sometimes they don't have any marketing dollars. Uh, a lot of times black businesses are uh, going while their owners have full-time jobs. And so you have a job and you want to follow your passion uh, in your business, but you still keep that job to ensure that you are able to have a ready source of income. So those are some of the challenges. Sometimes they are uh, starting a business based on a passion and they may not have all of the business um, mechanics. For instance, how do I set up a payroll system? What do I need to do relative to technology? And quite frankly, that's where the Urban League comes in because we do that um, on a regular and routine basis with Black businesses. Yeah, and, and that is something, in fact, I, I did definitely wanted to talk about that during yeah. this half hour, because that has been one of the major focuses of the Urban League over the years. And how are you able to help these businesses do all the things that are the challenges? Because I know that you, you know some of these people don't know where to look for capital, but they especially don't know about keeping the books the right way and that kind of stuff. What, do you, what does the Urban League do about that? Well, the Urban League uh, has a center for entrepreneurship and innovation. It's actually uh, headed up by Jason Johnson. And in that center are individuals who provide advice, counseling, who can help folks uh, get business licenses, certification, do any number of things that businesses are required to do. In fact, that is why the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation exists. It's one of nine that is affiliated with the National Urban League. And we have partnerships, uh, not only with the National, but with a number of corporations, the Coleman Foundation, um, the Polk Brothers Foundation, the uh, Fifth Third Foundation, uh, Harris Bank. There are a number of entities that support the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation so that we can provide that technical assistance and support to Black businesses. And I should ask how many businesses do you help at, a, not just at a time, but I mean, however you measure it, whether it's by a year or whatever, how many businesses are you helping? This year alone, we have helped over 500 businesses. Uh, and we've expanded that number this year, quite frankly, uh, because we have also partnered with the city, state, and the county in providing grants to those businesses. And so- And was that uh, because so of COVID? 
that is because of COVID. So the city had the Together Now Fund. The state has the big program. And then the county has a, a program in partnership with Next Street. All of those are connected to both COVID relief and civil unrest. And then we have partnerships with Ford and um, with, uh, a, um, with a fund out of the Chicago Community Trust that allowed us to also support businesses. And so all of that works together, uh, both the financial and the technical assistance and um, advice to make those businesses stronger. And in, this, in the case of this year, to mean the difference between uh, continuing and having to shut down. Yeah, and I would think you know if 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 this year weren't challenging enough with the uh, with the business shutdowns, uh, you also did have, as you alluded to, the the unrest. Um, yeah, how has COVID nineteen really been for businesses in the community? I would think that uh, you know you may have some of the people who were seeking help from you may not even come back. What has that been like? COVID-19 has made it hard when you add the other pandemic, the, the centuries old pandemic of racism, it has been particularly hard for black uh, entrepreneurs. In fact, um, we saw some folks even question whether or not they would be able to continue in business. And uh, fortunately for many, they were able to, but unfortunately for some, I would say there's been a 40% drop in black business this year. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, and this is people who, in many cases, I would think put their life savings into- oh, absolutely. Studying. Yeah, that's- Yeah, these are people who have invested both um, money, time, energy, longstanding businesses that simply could not make it through. You know, the shutdown, had such a tremendous effect and it was necessary uh, the earlier in, in March and April and May. And, you know, you have to curtail your activity. There's no question about that. But the reality of it, particularly for personal service businesses, food establishments, was that they had not been in a position to really pivot to the delivery model or even pickup model, and it took them a little time. The businesses that were able to are continuing and they are rebounding. Of course, the second wave of COVID has not been uh, helpful to them, unfortunately. Yes, and then we're you know still enduring that and it could get worse before it gets better. I, I do want to, before we move on to talk about Black Shop Friday a little bit more, Pre-COVID, were you seeing the number of businesses taking part in your Center for Entrepreneurship growing? I mean, was, was it starting, were we starting to see more of the entrepreneurial activity in the African-American community, at least as far as we got to 2020? Absolutely. We were seeing um, a number of individuals who were coming. We have uh, three levels of classes. They were signing up for our next startup class, our next deal class. They were engaged in um, the training and technical assistance that we provided most certainly. Mm -hmm. 
Um, now, going back to uh, Black Shot Friday, which is this coming Friday, um, how will people be able to go about finding these businesses that they may not have even known were there? Well, on November 24th, the website will go live, blackshopfriday.com, and people will be in a position to actually um, find the businesses. They'll be categorized by sector. And um, we're excited about people having access to those businesses. And um, are, there, are there any businesses that surprised even you? I mean, they're, 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 I, I will have to admit there was a, there's at least one uh, downtown, I believe it's Brown Sugar Bakery, is, is, is that, that's black owned that, uh, you know, I'll admit yes. at, the, at the beginning, I didn't know that they were African-American owned and they're in the, the, uh, the Thompson Center or not the Thompson, uh, Block, 30, Block 37. Block uh, 30, 30, 37, yeah. Um, yeah, well, because I have a sweet tooth, I, I knew about them. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But but I mean, are there any businesses that surprised even you? Not at all. Well, you know, I'll take that back. The Invitation Architect is a, a black a business that does um, invitations. And I was not familiar with that business. Um, and what I was really heartened to see was that there are still a number of bookstores, a number of art shops, and that's always uh, something that you like to see in any community, but particularly the Black community. Yeah, and you know, in some ways, uh, I, at least when I was growing up, and I grew up in New York, uh, the the bookstores in the African American community, especially, were like little centers of thought i mean the people would go and dis discuss and the types oh, yeah. of books that were there and independent bookstores in general i mean black or or white owned uh have been struggling to continue oh yeah bookstores are um you know on life support and that's largely because of how people have really migrated to digital or electronic but I remember as a kid, the excitement that I had of going to the black bookstore and, you know, that whether it was in New York or Chicago or Gary, because we had one in Gary and, and to have uh, access to those books and spend days on end. So even now there's a, a level of excitement that I feel when I'm able to go into one. So that's why uh, it didn't surprise me, but I was really excited to see it. Now, I think one thing, Black Friday may not be the, uh, in fact, hopefully it will not be the crush of crowds that we've traditionally come to, to see. Uh, how much do you think this could be or end up being online uh, or spread out over other Fridays or other days of the week? Well, if people follow the governor and the mayor's advisories, and I hope that they will because it's very serious, um, I believe that a lot of this will happen online. And, um, and the good news about this campaign is even though we are making a, um, a focus, uh, providing a focus on Black Friday, this is something that we want people to do 
not just on Black Friday, not just during the holiday season, but throughout the year. And if in fact they do that, then we will deem this to be a success. So Ned, do you think that that uh, website will stay up? Yes, yes, we're, we're, um, we anticipate that it will. Mm. Um, you were talking about businesses that needed to pivot and go online or, or, or do delivery, but also uh, establish online. Are you finding that more African-American businesses are able to do e-commerce now? Or is that another area that the Urban League is having to uh, coach or, or help people through? We are finding increasingly that Black businesses are in fact doing uh, e-commerce, but at the same time, the Urban League is assisting with that. You know, some adapt more readily to that technology uh, than others. And to the extent that they want to know the most secure, want advice, then we can provide and do provide that advice to make their operations even that much more efficient. You're listening to News Radio 780's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore. My guest is Karen Freeman Wilson. She is the president and CEO of the Chicago Urban League. And it's an organization that does so many things. One of them, the major, one of the major things that they do is, uh, is to help uh, African-American entrepreneurs create and grow their businesses. And I guess the other thing that you have to help them do is to keep going. And what are the, uh, what are the things that the Urban League does that helps people once they have finally gotten their businesses established to keep them uh, chugging along and doing the right things? Well, one of the things that we do has to do with um, being able to get certified with uh, different levels of government, uh, the city, the state, the federal government, All of those certifications open up new opportunities to business, to do business with municipalities, to do business with the state of Illinois, to do business with um, the federal government. And doing that uh, can be a game changer, but also um, what we've really tried to do of late is to encourage other businesses, private sector businesses, to think about how they spend their money, what they procure, how they procure it and who they do it with. Uh, I was really encouraged to talk to Tyrone Studemeyer at the Hyatt and he was talking about their intentionality behind increasing their spend with black businesses by $20 million. That's significant. And so when we see those types of initiatives or that type of determination made by, the, by a larger business, then we know that there is an opportunity for black businesses to really grow and ultimately provide a greater level of wealth from generation to generation. And it also seems to me that especially when it comes to government contracts, um, yes, because we have Mayor uh, Lori Lightfoot in in charge now, Chicago is thinking about that maybe even more than it did before, although it was thinking about those kinds of things before. But 
the kinds of contracts that businesses or that the government gives out sometimes shut African-American or any minority business out, whether it's Latinx or black or, you know, woman owned, the contracts were so huge and the requirements were so huge. It, it seems, you know, even the bonding, they have to yes. be, you know, $2 million in bonding. No, you know, that's, that shut a lot out. How are you addressing those kinds of hurdles? Well, you know, one of the ways that you can do it from the government standpoint is that they can break those contracts up. There's nothing that requires it to be just one large contract. And increasingly, you're seeing that done in Chicago and other cities where they do want to level the playing field. In addition to that, the other side of that is that businesses that provide the same or similar services can band together and go after a contract and, you know, sort of make themselves uh, larger in a sense because they add capacity. Those are some of the things that we encourage people to do at the league to think about how can I partner with another business who offers the same thing? How do I support my fellow business people? Because, you know, business can be competitive. In fact, by its very nature, it is, but it doesn't mean that everybody has to be in competition. In fact, we saw that recently with our Golden Fellowship Dinner, where we had caterers, we had four caterers. And the beauty of it for me, and something that was totally unexpected, was that as we sat on Zoom calls in preparation, these caterers were providing ideas to each other, working collaboratively and saying, hey, why don't you think about this in terms of how to package and, and deliver? So that was a huge deal. And that's something that businesses should do more because I think it would benefit them. Mm. And and I, I was going to ask you about that, Gala, because it also, uh, I mean, considering you had to be, a, it had to be a virtual gala, uh, you all did pretty well, I think. We did extremely well, and we were so um, grateful for the support of the business community, but also individuals. And um, it, it was successful. It is normally one of the largest in-person galas in the city. And this time it just had to be large and virtual. Mm. Uh, I don't want to go too far without talking about some of the other things that uh, the Urban League does. Can you talk about the efforts to help young people uh, find their own paths and, and, and stay on the right path once they get there? That's another big thing that you do. Oh, absolutely. We have a youth services division. And just yesterday, they had a, an incredible forum for young people on about mental health. And it talked about PTSD, it talked about depression, it talked about those things both in and out of COVID, you know, what, uh, how are you feeling? Is there a way we can help? We have a, a center for student development that has a cohort of youth every year. And many of our young people have been with us since they were eighth graders. And so we just take them year by year and we expose them to new opportunities, new ideas. We have STEM training. 
we have career training, we have college readiness training, all of those things happen at the league. And now they're happening virtually. And once we understood that this was going to be the new normal for a while, we knew that it was important that we check in with our youth. Uh, most days that they're there, we serve dinner. So we wanted to make sure that they were eating and that they had the food that they needed. We wanted to make sure that they were good with school. And so we started a series. The first series dealt with COVID and you know, really helping them to understand that. And then we continued on with police relations and other things. And so yesterday we had mental health. Hmm. I would think that the discussions there were probably uh, very, very uh, intense would be the wrong word, but uh, just they uh, were intense. No, I think that was uh, that was absolutely the right word. And last year, when we were thinking about the offerings with youth services, we decided that we would really talk about uh, mental health and try to provide more services in that area. And not um, necessarily like a traditional mental health institution, because I think that you have to get services from a professional, but more along the lines of social emotional learning. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and with so much violence play, plaguing so, so many neighborhoods, I would have to think that, you know, COVID would be enough of a uh, of a trauma, but there's real trauma going. Well, I shouldn't, say it, but there is other trauma going on at the same time. Um, Absolutely, young people are under so much pressure these days. They really are. I mean, if you think about the fact that many of our young people have lost friends to gun violence, have lost relatives to gun violence, and um, you know they've experienced things that we wouldn't even think about. And so we have to determine a way to not only communicate with them, but to let them know that we want to be supportive and to determine their needs so that that support can be meaningful to them. Are the resources there for young people who, who, you know, finally say, okay, yeah, I really do need more help. Are the resources there or is this something else that we need to work on? Well, you can always have more resources, Craig. I'll tell you that uh, from, my, from the perspective of my current hat and my former hat. But what I will tell you too is that I'm seeing an increase in that mental health support, both through the community mental health centers, but also through uh, virtual support and virtual help that people are getting. And, um, and all of that works together to benefit our young people. Can you talk to me about some of the things that the league is doing that maybe people might not expect or know about? Cause you know, I've only touched on a couple of your youth and youth and businesses, but uh, the league's portfolio was much broader than that. Well, you know, we continue to be heavily engaged with workforce development. And so people may think, well, you know, people aren't in their offices, but we are having hiring events, uh, significant hiring events. And so we would invite people to keep an eye on our website for that purpose. And of course, our social media pages. 
We are also engaged in rental and foreclosure relief with the city and state. So to the extent that people are facing eviction because they've been unable to pay their rent, we are providing um, as a, an arm of the city codes so that folks can um, not be evicted, to prevent people from being evicted. And then of course, um, most people know about our leadership development program, the impact program that's continuing. And, and one of the things that we um, determined on early on was that we could not stop giving services because of COVID. So we opened up a COVID-19 help center and that COVID-19 help center is meant to coordinate all of the league services so that if someone comes to the league for housing and it's because they've lost their job, we can say to them, we'll help you in the housing division, but then we wanna send you to workforce development to look at the opportunity that may exist for you to get reemployed. Then we wanna find out how are your children doing? Do they need any help or support? And then we go on to ask about um, some of the other challenges that folks may have so that we can assist them uh, where they need it. Well, that's gonna be the final word. That is Karen Freeman Wilson. She is the head of the Chicago Urban League. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Um, Thank you, Craig, it's my honor. Uh, to our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or to hear it again, please visit our website at wbbmnewsradio.com. There should be a link at the bottom of the page. You can also find our podcasts on radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of that issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.